Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, coming to you fresh from, uh, well, I'm, I'm on my Anzac Day holiday, as I'm sure, and hopefully you are as well, and you've thoroughly enjoyed it, and you're getting ready, or quietly getting a little bit upset, but uh, back into work on Tuesday. But uh, it's episode 13, it's season 2, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. So of course, we're going to be talking about all of our WA sporting teams on the domestic scene. Uh, that are in their autumn or uh, finishing their summer competitions and as we do most weeks we're going to start off with the Perth Wildcats Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl Perth Wildcats are on the prowl Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet Tearing up the cotton, building up the heat Here we come, oh no Here we come, oh no Here we come, yeah Perth Wildcats are on the prowl Yes, the Perth Wildcats. A lot to dissect and a lot to talk about. And maybe even a sneaky bat blast. But we'll get to that in due course. Uh, We're going to take it all the way back to Friday's performance. But just before Friday's performance, uh, Bryce Cotton, he was averaging 13 points at only 28% in the month of April. But more specifically in the last four games before he got back to his best uh, against Cairns. And that was obviously last Saturday. Well, not last Saturday, the Saturday before that. Uh, and it was a nice revival for Michael Frazier. He was overdue too. Um, he'd only scored 11 points from five games before suffering his hamstring injury and or the club trying to replace him with John Brown the third. Uh, you know, the the big uh, thing that came out of the Cairns game uh, a week or so ago was unfortunately Vic Law suffered a very serious, serious injury that has ruled him out for the remainder of the season. Uh, he's out with a syndesmosis injury, and that'll put him out for 12 weeks. He was outstanding, 20.3 points, 8.2 rebounds, uh, made him a top five in the NBL in both of those categories. And he had 37 points on debut which was the highest score by a Wildcat in their first game. And he had a 39-point performance versus New Zealand, which is the highest score this year by an individual. And unfortunately, probably more than likely, uh, we're not going to be seeing Vic Law back in the Perth Wildcats colours. So Vic Law, thank you for your service. It was a pleasure to have you uh, in the black and the red. But uh, best of luck with whatever uh, is in store for you. And we hope that you don't come back and play in the NBL for another team. Uh, yes, well, coming into the weekend, it was pretty simple for the Perth Wildcats. Win one game out of your two, and you are guaranteed to play a 36 straight playoff appearance. Lose Friday night, and you hope that uh, Tasmania have a tumble and a fall to Melbourne United. So, the scene was set, and this is how it all unfolded. Unfortunately, it didn't start well for the Perth Wildcats. They lost game one of the weekend, and it all came down to a 21 to 26 second quarter that they lost, with every other quarter being even. The game was a low-scoring, tight tussle, but they just couldn't break them, understandably going up against a team who have won, uh, of course, you know, 8 out of 10 and 12 out of their last 15. And we're talking, of course, about the Illawarra Hawks. Um, Field goal percentage, they were both at 40.5%. Three-pointers, uh, th- 30% versus 32%. The rebounds were dead even. Assists, they had one less assist. Um, and turnovers, they were all tight. Like, this was a cracker of a game. Like, it was a really, really great game of basketball. And you'd expect nothing less 
from, as we said, a team that have won eight out of their last 10 and 12 of their last 15, and all came down to one quarter. Cotton, he had 25 points, three rebounds, and three assists. Majuk Majuk was instrumental, 16 points, uh, and of course, 10 rebounds. Uh, they were the two main key con- contributors, but he had seven players who had five points or more. So everyone played their part, played their role. Unfortunately, as a result of that that loss, uh, they've actually lost six times at the Perth Arena, the most since they've been playing there. And come to the Sunday game. Uh, let's sort of get into it, really. Unfortunately, they lost 100 to 102 in overtime. So that's it. The final streak is over. And before we dissect the game, we're going to get into what is normally reserved for the AFL uh, series and uh, podcast of the Bat Banter uh, episodes. But a special occasion, unfortunately, like not a good special occasion. Uh, we're going to do the Bat Blast, and we're going to do it now. And I'm not out of order. You're out of order. The whole freaking system is out of order. Do you want the truth? You want the truth? You can handle the truth! Thank you, Homer. Yes, it's Bat Blast time. And I tell you what, I just don't know where to start. My blood's boiling. I'm not really that upset with the players. And I'm kind of upset, really, at Scott Morrison. Yes, you, sir. And also, I'm a little bit upset at Danny Mills, our new Barcelona manager of operations. So, Scott Morrison, I'm going to talk to you first. You come out on Thursday before the game that's on Friday, and you basically say, along the lines of, and of course, I'm paraphrasing here, ladies and gentlemen, but a pretty accurate paraphrase, if you don't mind, that... If I lose and someone else and they sack me, I'm still going to get paid. I'm going to be able to go go to my couch, watch the, watch the TV, and I'm going to get lots of money because it's all good. Like, they have to pay me out if they sack me. Um, like, why are you coming out to say you're, you're setting the scene and setting yourself up and your players to say that, well, you know, if I fail, it's okay. I'm going to get looked after. Like, that is that is not what I want to hear from you out in the public, Scott Morrison. Um, the way you sort of redeemed yourself in the press conference yesterday after your defeat was much better. But on to you, Danny Mills. Like, what kind of team are you assembling? Like, you've got Bryce Cotton, who's a two-time MVP, two-time grand final MVP. You pick up Vic Law, which was really, like, a great acquisition, superb pickup. But, like, you're basing yourself just around all these shooters, but you've got no inside presence. Majuk, Majuk, bless your cotton heart, bless your cotton soul and your socks, but it's not going to do it. And neither is Matt Hodgson. Why the F did you not... Spend your third import on getting a big dude, like a proper dominant force guy that is mobile, agile. Um, he is not Matt Hodgson, and you bring in Michael Frazier. Like, we're only seeing the best of him in the last game of the goddamn season. So you, Danny Mills, you did not assemble a roster that allowed Scott Morrison to win the game. But Scott Morrison, your offense has been absolutely next on rubbish. You play one-on-one ball. You find the best matchups. That's not how we do it. That's not moving the ball. You barely even use Matt Hodgson or Majuk Majuk all freaking season. So, that's the bat blast. It was terrible, and it had to be said. Like, the final streak was always going to happen. Like, it was, it was one team, one coach, one group of players was always going to eventually sort of, you know, let it die. But the way it died was not how it should be done. All right, that blast over. Let's uh, let's get into the actual game itself. Uh, Perth Wildcats, they shot at 48%, but Southeast Melbourne... They shot at 48%. So they shot incredibly well. And 40% isn't bad. As I said, they lost 100 to 102 in overtime. Uh, Perth, they won the first half by six. 
but then they lost the second half by six, and they lost OT by two points. In overtime, it was uh, like the shooting. Uh, they were five of eight, Perth. Uh, sorry, they were five of eight, Southeast Melbourne, so they shot at 62.5% versus uh, Perth's five of 11. But that was zero of four from three pointers. Once again, continuing to rely on the three point shot. And we go to the actual whole game itself, not just the overtime. They shot, excuse me, they shot at 24% from the three point to 48%. But they had 16 more attempts, like 16 more shots and opportunities. They were 10 of 41 from three point land. That is too many attempts. They won the rebounds. They had five more offensive rebounds. But the game killers were shooting only. 24 from 31 from the free throw. So they got to the free throw 31 times, which is heaps. But shooting at 77%, it's just not going to be enough. And Southeast Melbourne were plus five points from turnovers, and you lose the game by two. Protect the ball a little bit more, and don't give them easy points. And hey, we could be talking about a victory and uh, getting ready for a semifinals uh, berth and matchup against Melbourne United. But we're not. And Southeast Melbourne's bench, they came up big. They outscored Perth's bench 38 to 17. Like you're only getting 17 points from your bench, it's just not going to be enough. Uh, and that mainly, uh, the 38 points mainly came from Carl Adnam, who got 14 points in 14 minutes. He was huge in the last quarter. And Brandon Ashley, uh, 17 points and six rebounds in 20 minutes. Perth had five plays in double digits, which would normally then lead you to a W. Like, Cotton had 28 points, five rebounds, and eight assists. He was amazing. And Michael Frazier played his best game right at the end. 22 points, six rebounds. Hodgson had a double-double. He had 12 points and 10 rebounds. But they just needed more from Travers and Majuk, and they even needed more from Blanchfield. And he had a couple of wide-open looks right at the very end, but did not nail them. And that was the same for a lot of them. Wag stuff had um, had open looks as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a very different-looking Wildcats uh, next season. Um, so, you know, of course, Scott Morrison is still going to be there. Uh, Bryce Cotton's going to be there. Uh, Vic Law probably won't be. Uh, Michael Frazier won't be, so that's at least two. I'd expect Hodgson not to be re-signed. That's three. Uh, Kevin White, he's probably going to go. That's four. Um, Luke Travers, uh, he's declared for the NBA draft today. Whether he gets picked up or not, who knows? So that's possibly five. So yeah, they're going to be a very uh, very intriguing team next year, next season, as to uh, what the front management can pull out. And they better pull out something much better. So, you know, 36 seasons. Like It's it's not just 36 seasons in Australia. It's not just 36 seasons in the NBL. This is talking about world sport, a professional team that has made, a, made the final Finals, that con- that consecutive amount of times, it's absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous. So you have to pay homage and you got to pay credit to it. It was just the way that they finished it. Like you know, don't get me wrong. Like it's not like they got beaten by thirty points. Like, they lost by two points in overtime. But it should never have gotten to that point. They should never have lost to Tasmania here. Um, they th- they should never have lost to Adelaide here. Like, yeah, okay, that they uh, broke uh, the streak from Sydney and they're obviously playing pretty good basketball right now, as in towards the end of the season, but just shouldn't have happened. Uh, but, uh, hey, 
And that's it. We're done for the Wildcats. It's been a privilege to, of course, cover them. Lots of ups and lots of downs. It was a very, very unusual season. And to get 16 wins and still miss out, miss out on the finals, it does not happen very often. But it's just one of those seasons where it was really, really tight down the end. And uh, Wildcats, we look forward to touching base with you next season, hopefully a little bit earlier instead of our late start in December. And, of course, we look forward to seeing how the roster compiles and we'll be touching base with you much later on in the year. But Wildcats, enjoy the offseason. Look after yourself. And uh, we'll be in touch next time. To pass is Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be oh. the exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then it was all finished off by Sasha Glasgow. Okay, it's West Coast fever time. Now, unfortunately, uh, Lightning has striked twice. And the devastating tight preliminary final loss uh, that the West Coast fever had to the Giants. It happened again yesterday. Um, so, yeah, this was the fourth of their opening stretch of away games because they've played five of their first seven games away. Um, so this is another one, and they've got one more coming up uh, this weekend. They lost in what was a classic match. I actually managed to tune into the last quarter, and it was terrific. It probably didn't help them when goal scorers uh, for the Giants, Joe Harton and Sophie Dwyer, they shot at 100% in the final turn. So they were just on song, could not miss, literally and figuratively. Um, the first and the last quarters, they were won by the Giants, so by four each. Uh, but that was cancelled out by Fever's huge third term. They won that by eight and just came down to uh, the second when they actually lost uh, to that last quarter. Oh, no, sorry, to the second when they lost it by one. All right, so, yeah, interesting. Uh, Fever shot at 97%, just ahead of the Giants, 94%, but they shot much better from the super shot, so 75% versus 50%. Although, technically, uh, the Giants only scored one more super shot. Uh, West Coast Fever, they were 6-2 in offensive rebounds. Uh, they had three less intercepts, but three more deflections. They suffered 10 more calls for contact. Janelle Fowler, she was incredible, as she normally is. 62 from 63, just from those normal shots, those one-pointers. Courtney Bruce had three gains and six deflections. Uh, and Emma, uh, sorry, Verity Simmons and Emma Koch, they had three turnovers each. So unfortunately, that sort of adds up. Uh, they were bumped to second place, but they have the best percentage of all the teams ahead of uh, another away game, uh, their last away game, at least for the first part of this draw. And they will be playing sixth place Adelaide Thunderbirds in Adelaide. Uh, I believe that's on Saturday. Um, so yeah, look. They're still going pretty well, don't get me wrong. And they lost an incredible game by by the barest of margins uh, to, you know, a, a team who's definitely in the mix. And as I said, it's not going to help when uh, the GS and the GA are shooting at 100%. Um, but yet, uh, in saying that, though, they did uh, turn the ball over a number of times. And, you know, they got some calls against them. But, hey, that happened. That's sport. So nothing to, nothing to be upset about. They're still in a very, very good position, setting themselves up nicely for a number of home games to come. But uh, we saw what happened with the Perth Wildcats when they were doing nicely heading into nine straight home games. But uh, you can't just click your fingers and hope that's going to work. You've got to make sure that you you know put, put your bum down, work really hard, 
will get your head down and your bum up and like work really hard, chip away to hopefully the green army can get out there uh, to all those home games that they are going to have, that big stretch. But uh, one more win would be nice just to uh, put them in a nice little spot before they have that stretch of home games. But West Coast Fever, well done in a great position so far after the first five or six games of the season. And we look forward to touching base with you next week. Stowers, Stowers giving it to Ralston, and Ralston will score the first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted, and it is play on, and Brocky gets it down to McGregor. All right, on to the Western Force. Uh, this is going to be very short, and it's going to be very sharp, because unfortunately, uh, the Western Force, they were hit hard by COVID, to the point where their game that was scheduled for Friday against Moana Pacifica, um, uh, as the start of Super Rugby specific, because they've uh, they've been just playing in the Super Rugby competition with all the Australian teams, but Super Rugby Pacific uh, is when they'll start to play the New Zealand teams, and that game actually got cancelled. They had two dozen players and staff in quarantine uh, with COVID or isolating under close contact rules. Every effort was made to make the game go ahead, despite looking at multiple player replacement options. And there were considerable numbers who were affected. Um, and that was obviously a statement uh, that was made by Force CEO Tony Lewis. So all we can do is look ahead to the next game. Uh, it will be on Friday, April 29. Uh, and that is actually going to be uh, against the Blues. So uh, Western Force, they play the Blues at HBF Park, 8 p.m. Uh, up against, yeah, the, uh, the Auckland Blues. So, a very intriguing game. Uh, if we just quickly see where they are on the ladder. They are holding by, you know, the barest, barest of threads and margins. Uh, they're, you know, just barely in eighth. Uh, they have played one less game. So, that is going to be, you know, interesting. And uh, the Blues, well, they're sitting top of the table. Uh, they're on 36 points. So, it's going to be a great test for the Western Force. And they've had the week off to hopefully get many injuries back. Uh, obviously, they a lot of them would still be in uh, you know COVID protocols. And hopefully, they'll come out, you know, Thursday or Friday, maybe, uh, if all goes well. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how they go. But very short, short touch base with the Force. And uh, we wish them luck on Friday. Hopefully they can put out, um, you know, a solid effort and take it up to the Blues. But as of now, Western Force, good luck next week. And we'll touch base with you in the next episode. Ah, the Perth Glory. Uh, they're, they're down to 16 fit players going into uh, the weekend's game. And 90% of those players were being under 20. So it's just the reality of the situation. Unfortunately, they've only scored three goals. And they can, they have conceded 18 across the last month. Uh, and of course, that actually, that as of updated as of the other day, they've uh, scored three and they've conceded 20. Uh, Andy Keogh. Uh, let, let's pay homage and credit to him. Uh, he's called time in his career. He's the A-Leagues uh, for Perth Glory, leading appearance holder and leading goal scorer. He arrived in 2014 and he's played 155 games for the Perth Glory and scored 59 goals. So well done, Andy Keogh. Kudos to you. Uh, he's taking up an off-field position with the Perth Glory, uh, which I'm presuming will start next season. Daryl Luxman, he re-signed with Glory for two years. A nice positive. Uh, he's actually started in all 23 of Perth Glory's games this season. On to the game that, that was on Sunday, 
It was a 2-0 loss to Adelaide United. They conceded one goal in each half in the 24th minute and in the 94 minutes right at the death. They did have a goal disallowed in the 72nd minute due to an offside call, which was offside. Uh, and there was a cracking strike in the 93rd minute that just went to the left of the goals to try and get an equaliser and steal a point. Yet again, they just didn't re- didn't have any real attacking options. And as a result, uh, they only had 3 to 15, uh, of course, goal attempts. So only 3 and Adelaide had 15. And they had 0 shots on goal to Adelaide 7. Glory had 21 to 8 free kicks. But... They couldn't really make the most of it, and they only had 13 less attacks, but 15 less dangerous attacks. Uh, in one-on-one duels across the field, they actually won those 66-49. to 49. So that was a nice positive for them. Uh, this game w- actually was on the back of three games in six days, with two away fixtures smacked either side of a home game. But with some time on the track, they actually showed significant improvement from their last outing. And I guess it's all you can ask from a team full of youth squad uh, youth squad players from the National Premier League. So, yeah, you know what? Uh, there's Unfortunately, there's not much to sort of be really excited about for the Perth Glory. Um, you know, the, there's only so much that we can get excited about for them. Uh, they next play, of course, uh, I think it's on Saturday the 30th, uh, they play the Western Sydney Wanderers. So it's not going to get any easier, uh, you know, of course, Adelaide, they're no mugs, uh, they're fourth place. Uh, Western, Sydney, Western Sydney Wanderers, uh, they're not doing much shop there towards the bottom of the ladder. They're sitting 10th. So let's hope that, uh, you know, the boys can either steal a draw or, you know, <laughs> snatch a very, very unlikely win. But uh, they're doing what they can. Uh, they've been absolutely ravaged by injury, uh, COVID, uh, everything else in between. Horror, horror draw. Um, they're not excuses. Um, they're facts. Um, that's the reality of it all. So, Glory, all you can do is keep trying, keep persevering. Uh, really good experience for all the young guys. And Ruben Zakovic and Chris Coyne, good luck to you. And we'll touch base with you next week. All right, we're done. We're dusted. Uh, that's it. Uh, episode 13 of Season 2 all wrapped up. Uh, of course, you know, we uh, we looked into all of our teams. Uh, the Wildcats, they're done. The season is over. The 36-year or 35-year running streak for the finals is done. It's all over. I know, sad face for everyone, but uh, all we can do is move forward. And sport doesn't always give you the fairy tales that you love. But uh, Perth Glory, they're still finishing off. Two more games left in their season, and then uh, we'll unfortunately have to check out of them. But uh, the Western Force, they're back on the field, which is great after a COVID uh, COVID setback, and uh, the West Coast Fever are looking to bounce back after their 1-0 loss. But, uh, you know, thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already, don't forget to leave a rating, uh, leave a review, like, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on board. Thank you so much, and we look forward to touching base with you and all of our WA teams on the domestic sporting scene next week.